you guys how you enjoy your mashed potatoes and you didn't respond what what do you mean how do i i enjoy them mashed okay but do you like them lumpy or not yeah of course it's it definitely has to have some lumps one time at thanksgiving dinner my dad was tasked with mashing the potatoes and he mashed them too much and it was just like a it was like a soup like a potato (laughs) well a chowder it was more like a chowder (laughs) but it was not mashed potatoes so ever since then i've been strongly pro chunks in there I prefer them on my cock. Season 3 episodes 10, 11, and 12. Roll the theme music! Oh, so thirsty, but we cannot drink it. Roll the one on fourth, have rested in peace. We can't find something that makes us come up. Break down the walls and eat all your moms. And if you come attack us, you become delicious like gross. And we don't feel bad for you at all. And if you're in the server, don't see me come on server. Come to the server, see you have a ball. God rules, there are jewels, make us sound very cool. Connie's bald, Kenny slays, we're not such a weird name. Everyone's strong, how to kill me, I will kill you in your sleep. Everyone's smart, black snakes, what the hell is Brian? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tea Time with Titans, an Attack on Titan rewatch podcast where we also sometimes drink tea. I said, "Welcome to Attack on Titans." We are, we are the Attack on. Welcome Titan. to Tea Time with Titans. <laughs> We're the show you've been waiting for your whole life. My name is Sylvan Harris. I'm the big schnoz titan. I'm watching the show for the third time. This time I'm watching the dub. And today I am drinking some strange black tea. I think that's the second time I've made that bit and it hasn't even happened in the show yet. Strange black tea? Are you drinking tar? Yeah. Yeah, I'm drinking tar. Do you guys, when you brew coffee, can you taste it as it's brewing? I don't know what tea is. I don't brew coffee. All right, let's keep going with the intros. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm the beard, tits, and ass titan. I'm the manga consumer, the dub consumer, the sub consumer. I did it backwards this week. Um, I'm drinking orange spice black tea. Uh, I'm. My name is Brian. I'm the Sonic the Hedgehog titan. What What am I doing? I'm watching the sub, and I'm a first time anime viewer, and that that's pretty much it. Brian, What's you're up? the Sonic the Hedgehog titan. So can we see? Can we see? Can we hear your Sonic the Hedgehog impersonation? Chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was tea time with Titans. Thank you for listening, everybody. I never, I never played Sonic. Solid. I never. Well, hey guys. Okay, it's wait, getting hold worse. On, I'll use this. Hold on, wait. Oh, I think you gotta fuck, fuck your mom. Yeah, you got it. That's Sonic's iconic wow. line. Is that from a Sonic Two or Sonic the Hedgehog? Sonic Heroes. It's actually from actually. the first Sonic the Hedgehog okay, game. That makes sense. <laughs> Yo, I fucking played the hell out of Sonic Heroes as a kid. That, that gave me a rockin' theme song. I never played Sonic. Yo, Friends is chapter 69. Fuck yeah, Friends, episode 10. Whoa. We get some uh, pretty insane information drops in this episode. I think these three episodes have like a very good mix of everything. The only thing it kind of doesn't have is action, but it has a good mix of everything else. No, actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like I think it's a lot of flashback that flashback sequences and they just really resonate mm-hmm. with me. Um, I was going to mention that. Yeah, it definitely gets to the more like potent emotional themes of the shows like densely in these three episodes. And yeah, the first episode that we watched is titled Friends. Uh, so you know you're going to get some good emotional stuff in that. I like how this episode opens with uh, Niall just dropping a flag that looks like it's from Minecraft uh, <laughs> outside of Orhud. 
It's just like these blocky ass swords. What if what if they okay, what if they they lower down the drape and it's just like one of those Minecraft paintings? It's just a creeper face. <laughs> it's like the guy the karate guy yeah. from the Elvis Costello album. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say they drop it down and it's like the raider flag that you get when you beat them. <laughs> but instead of the raider, it's the rod rice. It's Titan. just a big swastika. But yeah, they're like building some sort of stand outside of uh Orvu district, or I guess in Orvu district. And that's that's kind of the before the credits. I'll ask you two. Should we talk about the intro and outro now, or should we save it until the end? Probably save it till the end so that we can get through the context. I think so too. Because there, yeah, there's still like a lot of context in these episodes. It, it probably doesn't matter over. either way for Brian, but we'll wait till the end. <laughs> yeah, Brian, did I, you well, look into the intro a bit more? The intro. Okay, so I got the the whole like giant giant blanket. Well, we're thing. gonna talk about it. Talk about it later, and then. Something else happened after that, and then there was a commercial, and then the in- opening music started. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about the commercial, obviously. Okay. All right, we'll do the intro stuff at the end. <laughs> um, so after the intro, I really like the these shots of the caved-in crystal caves, because it's like this massive hole in the ground, and I just think that they, they have really interesting like camera angles when they show it. Mm-hmm. Like the shot that I talked about last time with the... Yeah. the giant worm titan and and it had like the crystal ca- yeah. caves in the foreground they're quite scenic yeah yeah i especially love the shot of levi like down in the caves when he's searching for kenny and he's just like looking up at the sky above i just think that shit looks great we <laughs> cut back to where the last episode ends which is levi finding kenny at the tree dying kenny's like yeah dude you're gonna die and kenny's like yeah maybe not it's just shit we saw in the last episode and then we get some fucking kenny flashbacks and this shit is so tight. Oh, Kennard. I don't know why, but for some reason, I didn't think we were going to get something like this. Like, I didn't think we would have an episode where they flesh out Kenny and we really get to see his backstory, but we really do get to see... We don't see his childhood or anything, but we see a good portion of his, like, young adult life Mm -hmm. leading up to now. So, like, we cut in with this very strange scene of Kenny... (laughs) wielding a knife trying to take on a titan i love the confidence of kenny and he stunts a bit more confidence later but this moment where he's literally ready to try to fight off a titan with a hand knife while he's in the titan's hand yeah like this titan picks him up we see that there is someone sticking out of the back so it's some sort of shifter a little interesting detail is that kenny has never seen a titan before this moment he hasn't he's an adult and yeah because he's grown up in the underground cities or whatever i guess is what well we're made to assume it's this is long before the walls fell the only people that see titans are the survey corps and the garrison no one sees titans yeah, yeah, yeah. The point I was going to make is that he's like two steps removed. He's got the walls between him and the Titan. Then he's got the ground between him and the Titan. Like he's as far away from the Titans as you could possibly get. But yeah, that's just so fucking weird because now we're so used to Titans to have a character be like, yeah, so this is what a Titan looks like. He almost there's almost a sense of like he doesn't fully believe that Titans exist, too. I just think it's a line that's like full of a lot of stuff that you could really delve down into. Like, I wonder if there's a part of society that just doesn't fucking believe in Titans. Titan deniers. That's an interesting. Yeah. Titan like deniers. global warming. Yeah. Just like global warming. Titans are the new global warming. There is no Earth beyond the walls. It ends at the walls. <laughs> Wall earthers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this dude popping on the Titan, it's Yuri, who is Rod Rice's brother. It's kind of confusing what's going on here at first, but I'm pretty sure what's happening is 
Kenny got some info that Uri was going to be here. Kenny was going to kill Uri. And it has to do with the whole debacle between the royal family and the Ackermans. Like, we know that the Ackermans were on the run. Kenny's grandfather told him that uh, they were being persecuted. So now Kenny's trying to get some revenge. Yeah. And it's definitely interesting because they, uh, so it's young Murad and his brother Uri. And they're kind of having the discussion of, like, somebody tipped him off of this location. It's like, yo, Uri, just make him forget what he knows. And it's like, I can't can't do this this man's an ackerman mm-hmm. and he also has this line that's like i came here to get revenge but then again maybe that's not why i came here when we go into kenny's internal monologue like reminiscing on this scene and in the background we just have kenny being like held in the fist of this titan just screaming non-stop just the most vulgar kenny shit on planet earth that was a good bit. Yeah, I love how he's like, let me down. Promise I'll be good. I'll get it right next time. I'll fucking cut off your fucking dick and shove it up your ass or whatever bullshit he's just rambling about. He's just basically mm-hmm. like, he's like, he's like pleading for his life, but also threatening to murder him at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but Uri drops him. Kenny stabs Uri and there's just this scene of like, I don't know, he just stops for some reason and he bows to Kenny and he's like, yeah, you're right. Like my my family persecuted your family. We chased you down and killed you. You have every right to hate me. And he has this line of like, he's so upset. He bows to Kenny and he's like, I couldn't build paradise. Yeah. Can we also talk about the badass moment where Kenny throws the knife and Uri just blocks it with his forearm? <laughs> it goes right through his arm, doesn't it? It reminds me of something. Yeah. It's like-, like it literally goes right through his arm and he doesn't care. He just lets it sit there. Yeah. yeah. I took my notes on actual paper this time and I'm finding it hard Whoa. to keep track of where we're getting, I am. We're getting physical. What are you, a boomer? I know I'm a boomer. I put my my phone on focus mode. Do you, do you need bifocal Sullivan? Is that what would help you? <laughs> that would actually probably <laughs> help me a lot. I actually did used to take my notes on paper and then I switched to digital. And then you just stopped taking notes. <laughs> That's about to say. Yeah. But it is this like very strange thing where it's like, it's a miracle that they stop fighting each other because Kenny even like at one point pulls a gun on Uri. And this gesture of bowing to Kenny, this person who we are, it's kind of insinuated has had like a rough and tumble upbringing. He thinks he's scum, like he thinks he's dirt. And like the only thing that's gotten him through life is being strong. And now to have someone with this power of a titan or like a god bowing to him is the thing that makes him stop fighting against it. And it's almost like this instantaneous turn in his mind going from, I have to kill this guy to, I will do anything for this guy. Yeah, especially when Kenny opened or like in his inner monologue, he's like, I believed myself to be the strongest in the world. And I was shown right there. I was not. Mm -hmm. I fucking love the structure of this episode because this scene is kind of presented to us as this crazy mystery. Like, why did these two guys not just kill each other in this situation? And then the rest of the episode is diving deeper into Kenny's psyche and figuring out why he didn't like pull that trigger. Mm -hmm. You know, they're secretly in love with each other each other brian it might be you say that as a joke and it is widely popular theory in the community <laughs> is it really i was just gonna say brian just officially joined the fandom god damn it what's their ship name curry <laughs> <laughs> delicious so kenny basically asks uri like do you have any use for a knife do you have anyone do you have any use for someone like me uri's like yes and we basically find out that kenny got uri's location from the last like plant that uri had in i don't know just society i guess i'm a little bit confused so as to, it's like, actually it's like the council wants to take out like the rice's family power 
And so there was someone on the council oh. that tips off Kenny of like, the king's going to be here. Take him out. And so Kenny then reverses that and tells Uri, here's who told me that information. And then Kenny's like, I Got took you. his place on the council. Okay. And a little detail I love, and we've seen this before, is just that Kenny's always walking around. No matter where he goes, he's sitting in this meeting with this council, and he's just in his blood-soaked trench coat and hat. I was about to say, and his cowboy hat with his boots up on the table. But so the next scene we see is, uh, we actually get to see a bit of the underground city. I feel like we haven't well, fully seen this yet. That's what I was going to say. We haven't really seen it much at all, aside from like when they were talking about the evacuation. But it just looked like people hanging around in a town. Now we're seeing seeing like mm-hmm. what the underground city actually means and just how expansive it is oh my god and it's like this gorgeous fucking like water painting of this underground there's like these giant pillars that are like keeping the whole thing structurally sound there are these very interesting like glows of colorful lights all around uh it's just another very alien location i don't know about you brian but the first time i watched this i was like what the fuck dude like this was just under the place this whole fucking time and we haven't seen it i mean i didn't think anything of it if a giant ice cave can be under a church anything's possible okay i guess that's kind of fair but i feel like there's a line in the first season where they're like the underground city is unfinished Am I mistaken? No, they were just going down some like sewers and you interpreted that as the underground city. Ah, I see. You're talking about where they were trying to take Annie. It was just like some like sewer thing. That's how they get flushed away. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But yeah, so underground city, Kenny's heading down there. He goes to visit some lady who's named like, is it Kushel? Kushel. I don't don't um, remember. Yeah, and then the brothel guy calls her Olympia. Mm, Yeah, and I don't know. This is very fucking shady in this underground. Like, this line that the owner of this inn says has always stuck with me just because how brutal and straightforward it is where he's like... Ah, she got sick a long time ago. Not even her usuals come to visit her anymore. Yeah, I know. Like the we're starting to see like just how like much the slums of the underground city are. Like it makes like mm-hmm. Shinganshina and Trost look like like the suburbia. Yeah, because I even asked at the beginning of the city, like, is Shiganshina like the lower class? And you're like, no, not even. <laughs> he enters this room. She's just fucking dead on the bed, looking like a ghoul. And over in the corner is Levi, also looking like an absolute ghoul. I don't know. Levi is like the strongest character we know. Mm -hmm. So there's something about seeing him in such a weakened, like, first of all, like a young and innocent state. But then on top of that, being so like emaciated and pale, it's just very disturbing. It's like extra depressing and disturbing. It's depressing and disturbing at the same time. And we also like don't really know anything about Levi. And like, I think this mm-hmm. flashback kind of points this out to us that we really know nothing about Levi. Um, yeah. Other than we got that hint from Petra way back in season one where he's like, oh, he used to be like a thug in the underground. And then Aaron's like, how the fuck he end up here then? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about seeing Levi like this that is so interesting to me. Because it's like, what the fuck is the line that gets him from this point to the point of the Survey Corps? So there's a little interesting line that I want to touch on of like, Levi's mom went under a pseudonym to avoid like the persecution of being an Ackerman. But Kenny takes Levi under his wing, basically, and is just like, I can't be a fucking dad to you, but I can teach you how to stab people. I know, I love this line because he's like, 
I, I taught him the proper things, like how to get along with other people, and it shows all like these bloody <laughs> yeah. bodies on the ground, and how to say hello, and he's like kicking the ass of some guy. And it's like, he's literally having Levi kill people. <laughs> Levi's like fucking, what, like eight? Yeah. And also still looking emaciated and weak. But we get some we get some lines that really give us a look into Kenny's mind. So like I think an interesting one is all you need is power. If you have that, at the very least, you won't go out like my sister did. Mm-hmm. Which is very telling of who Kenny is. It's very telling of like, you know, why Levi is the way he is. Like he was taught by this person. He wasn't just taught how to fight expertly, right? He was taught by someone that was also teaching him that like if you are not the strongest person in the room you will die <laughs> yes we get levi's little cool knife flip where he decides to hold the knife backwards like he like he holds oh, his yeah. cervicore swords does he yeah i've never noticed that yeah that's why he does his beyblade oh shit i kind of feel like a fucking dope now yeah it's not terribly obvious and he's not like always doing it but you'll sometimes you'll see him in shots spinning around he's got his like swords like holding them backwards i'm gonna peek out for that now we cut to a scene of kenny and lee or not kenny and levi kenny and uri by a lake having a nice little chat and they basically just have this discussion of like why we are friends is completely inexplicable i think uri even says like it is a miracle that we didn't kill each other in that moment Uri mentions like that he's going to die soon and that he has to pass this power on to Rod Rice's children. And that's when like Kenny gets the idea implanted in his head of if he can pass this on, maybe I could eventually get it too. Um, and like, as we know, that is a thought that kind of led him down a certain road. Yes. It's starting to explain that whole argument he got into with Rod Rice. Mm-hmm. There's also the interesting scene where he's like in that like weird like church place. Ah. where Like it's all like the top church people like praying. And we see Sonis. Yeah, with Sonis. Which we saw tortured several episodes ago. Sullivan is a pirate. Ah. He go arg. Um, and talking about his devotion to the king. And also talking about why they have these like endless devotions. Exactly. And he's like, isn't it the same for you, Kenny? He's like, I don't fucking know why I'm here, honestly. <laughs> Uh, and then when he's after that conversation where he's like I'm gonna die and I'm gonna pass on his power he then it comes back to this church area and this time with Frida Rod's daughter and he's like yeah I looked into her eyes and she was preaching the same bullshit Kenny or Yuri mm. used to say. Which is like all this shit about like paradise. Yeah, and... peace, freedom, love. And mm-hmm. I think what is he? Who's who, who has the time to preach about that dumb shit? Yeah. He's like, maybe if you have all that power, that's like what you do. Exactly. Kind of. And then we cut to we see him beating his squad for the first time. We see that he was like put in charge of this anti-personnel group. This scene is just fucking awesome. Like, I love that all of these MPs are he's go he's going on this whole rant like I'm Kenny the Ripper. I I know crazy right kenny the ripper in charge of this group and just no one reacts like he's putting on a show the one lady steps up and is like no 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 listen we get it like we're the anti-personnel group we're no longer fighting titans we're no longer trying to save humanity we're just gonna start killing each other for land and like we worked our way up to this point. We learned how to fight, and like that's that's why we are here. Yeah, and then Kenny kind of like I guess drops the act and shows what he's mm-hmm. truly after, and he's like, "Fuck all that bullshit. We're here for a <laughs> yeah. dream." Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna become a god, baby." 
Yeah, then we cut right back to the tree, Mm -hmm. him at the tree with Levi. And as we do, we get a bit more, like the whole time through this episode, we're getting this narration from Kenny, but he starts to say some shit that, I don't know, this has all been a front, right? Like this whole time he's been saying he wants power, but then he has this line that reveals like the reason he's wanted so desperately to get this power of this Titan is because whoever inherits it seems to just have this undying like compassion. Yeah. And it's so fucking sad. He wants to know what it's like to feel that compassion. Like if a person like him, someone who is like scum, a murderer, a fucking street urchin could feel that same compassion for other people. And that has just got to be one of the most like incredible character motivations in this whole show. Like, that's so fucking good. And it's so different from any of the other characters, too. But then the show's so good about tying that back into everyone else's character motivation in this, like, sort of universal way where Kenny goes on this rant to Levi. He explains, like, all of us are, like, fighting for something, right? Yes. Like, the exact quote he says that I love, this is probably my favorite quote in the whole series, uh, is, all of us had to spend our lives drunk on something. Every one of us was a slave to something. And he looks up at Levi and he's like... Uh, what's yours? Is it heroics? I know, and he goes on like this whole list and it flashing through characters where he's like boots, women, and it cuts to like Rod mm-hmm. Rice or even God and it shows all the people praying and he's just like, yeah, I, I, I also wrote down the exact quote. It's very iconic um, for this from this arc. It's so good. And it like, it even cuts to like Grisha and Carla with baby Aaron. He's like family. Yeah. It says children and then Sonus with the king. And then the surprise, he takes the Titan serum and just hands it to Levi, gives it to him. And there he dies right there. And right before that, though, I would like to point out some very specific wording that is used. Brian, your screen is glitching and it was looking like you were masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, you, you just went all pixelated and your arms just like. (laughs) (laughs) that was a good bit who's to say i wasn't (laughs) yeah some very specific wording i wanted to point out that i only noticed on this rewatch was levi says like right before kenny is about to die he like grabs him and is like that day why did you leave me dude fucking spoilers what fucking spoilers what do you mean spoilers you didn't know kenny died just said yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't know, and now, wow, you just right spoiled before, it for me. So he grabs him, and he's like, that day, why'd you leave me? And it comes back to the scene that we saw before of Kenny leaving Levi, like, after, I guess he determined that Levi was strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that wording, like, Ke- Levi saying that day, you know? The first fucking episode of the show is called that day. Second episode. And, like, or, yeah, the second episode is called that day. And I, I just, like, think it's interesting to draw that comparison between levi and aaron you know Mm -hmm. like the biggest turning point in aaron's life and what like set him on the path to becoming the character that he is today was that day when carla was eaten and for levi it was that day when he was finally quote unquote strong enough in kenny's eyes and kenny turned his back on him and left I, like, I love what that's rooting. I love the comparisons that's drawing. And I just thought that was very neat and subtle because I didn't pick it up the first couple times I watched it. For sure. And then also then just Levi grabbing him. What were you to my, my mother? And he just goes, I was I was her brother. Calm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Levi's like, oh, shit. But the last thing I wanted to say about this idea of like everyone ha- is a slave to something. <laughs> fuck, it's happening again. Brian's jerking off. I'm sorry, I can't help myself, dude. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to say on that is it really makes you reflect on like every other character, especially the way it does that montage flash thing of like some, some are drunk, some are family, like this and that. 
Like it really makes you think about every single different character and what their thing is, right? Like we know now that Erwin's thing is Gucci. seeing the truth as to like why all of this shit is happening. Ben is running away. Oh, oh. Did, was this door just opened by a ghost? No, my door was just was cracked it? and my roommate's playing music in the kitchen. Anyways, yeah, that's just why I love this episode so much. Just because it's it makes you reflect on almost everything while focusing specifically on one character that we haven't learned much about yet. But yeah, that's the Kenny shit. Kenny fucking dies and now they got a little syringe full of heroin. Hell Dude, yeah. Kenny is fucking dead. Yeah, that's a bummer. I thought we were going to get to see a Kenny Titan. Oh, that was your With prediction. With a hat. Dude. Nope. I'm disappointed. We'll have, Kenny doesn't want that I'll, shit for himself. But I did. I like that when he's debating taking the serum, he's like, I could inject this right now and become one of those big, strong boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so obsessed with strength, and that's the thing he pulls. That's what I'm um, going to call Titans from now on, just big, strong boys. Big, strong boys. But he's like, I'd be one of the stupid ones, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. This episode ends with... Histor like so they have the syringe now the episode ends with historia being crowned uh there's a big celebration it goes back to the whole thing she fucking did in the other episode which is like i have to create this narrative where i earned being the queen and now you're seeing that pay off like the people are genuinely excited for her to be queen there is a like fucking bonanza happening at orvu district and uh oh and then this episode ends on one of the best bits in the whole fucking show which is <laughs> Historia's fucking little march down the hallway as she's going to punch Levi, I think is beautifully animated. Hell yeah. Mikasa's also just like having fun in this scene, which is nice to see. Like Aaron's like, come on, maybe we should take this a bit more seriously. And Mikasa's like, uh, when you punch him, you should say something cool. <laughs> yeah. What does she say specifically? Um, I can't dare, remember. I dare you to hit me back. Yeah. <laughs> And this is just so fucking brilliant. Levi's just standing there. Historia walks up, punches him. I love the reaction shot of all the 104th just looking so shocked that she actually did it. Except Mikasa. And, like, and Levi doesn't even <laughs> flinch. He doesn't flinch. And then, surprisingly enough, he smiles. Like, he laughs. He laughs and it off. It's such a sweet little moment. And he's like, I needed that. And I, I just fucking love that. Because I feel like the mini arc that we're getting here is that Levi, like, all Levi thought of family up until this up until this point was you know his mother who raised him in this world where he wasn't getting the best childhood then he had kenny who literally taught him how to kill people and then left him and i feel like in this moment levi is realizing what an actual family is and that like he now has it with this new levi squad yeah, I just love it. I love Levi's little laugh, and it's just a nice little ending. Next episode? There's actually one more scene at the end of this episode. Oh, fuck, you were right. There is. Yep. Something very important. I ran out of room on my paper. Yeah. I ran out of room on my paper, so I had to write it over in the corner, and I forgot to look at this it. This scene has talking monkey. Like, how could you skip over this? It's very it's very surprising, too. Like, did, did, you, did you expect to see these guys all of a sudden, Brian? No, because it's um Rainer and uh, Bearholt, mm -hmm. who we see, right? Mm -hmm. With monkey, and then man. giant giant talking monkey um and the dialogue is wild <laughs> like <laughs> i don't i think this is the first time watching it that i even could comprehend what was being said so we cut in and the armored titan is just fucking pooched on the ground we see reiner's ass Oops. that's our first shot mm -hmm. and reiner hops out Barrelholt's freaking out he's like grabbing reiner and <laughs> the beast titan shows up and he's like aha i beat you <laughs> 
And he's like, I beat you, so we wait. Like, that's what yeah, he says. Yeah, he's like, rescuing Annie can come later. We're going to get the yeah, core yeah, of it now. So did they have, like, a fucking tussle to figure out who would be in charge? Yeah, it's just kind of left for <laughs> us really to funny. infer. Like, you can imagine, like, this monkey man's like, okay, let's get the coordinate. And Reiner's like, no, we got to save Annie. He's like, I'll fight you for it. Brian, I want you to picture right now monkey man bitch slapping Reiner in the face. Oh, fuck. I more imagine Monkey Man fighting Godzilla. I think that's a that's a great question. How do you how do you think <laughs> Monkey Man beat the Armored Titan? Just he just he just wound up <coughs> and just fucking let loose with a giant smash. Damn! <laughs> a big fat Honestly, bitch slap with his lanky ass monkey arm. Just like the most ape way you could possibly <laughs> beat someone. Just like slapping them a bunch of times. Okay. Can you imagine the Beast Titan moving like Aaron in his Titan form? That's disgusting. I never want you to bring that up. That'd be terrifying. But yeah, we get another shot of this fucking ripped ass monkey man, and I. <laughs> and he starts like, talking. There's like this hilarious reveal of his eyes because all we've seen of him so far his eyes are like covered in the anime glare and like the camera pans up and he like tilts his head down like it's the coolest reveal of all time but it's just showing us his eyes (laughs) and it's like i have no more information than i did (laughs) 10 minutes ago (laughs) anyways next episode yes i do actually have my theories on that ending um, okay, but I'm gonna wait till till the end of this episode to speak of them. Okay, episode eleven. It's called Bystander. Uh, another flashback heavy episode. Okay, wait. This episode starts off with Historia asking Aaron if he's been practicing hardening. <laughs> I'm glad you you caught up on that. Why is this not being talked about more? <laughs> It, it it's, is. It, it's memed plenty well, Brian. Okay. Are you keeping up with your hardening technique, step bro? <laughs> How could they write that and expect people to take it seriously? There's a, quite a few moments like that. Like, the what show. the fuck? Ben, I had a question for you. No. Uh, does a Farmstead episode, is that close enough to a beach episode for you? Where do you... This, this is like a filler episode. Where where are you getting beach episode from this? Well, there's not even there's asking. not even any bodies of water. There's no bathing suit. I know I'm saying there's say- no putting lotion on the girl's back. I- <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious though if they were all just like doing manual labor on this farm and like Jean was just suntanning. <laughs> it's Aaron loiling up Jean. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! This is a great opening. There's some great banter between like Jean and Aaron. Yeah. They're talking about how like this this farmstead is basically like Historia's new castle, and instead of having a castle proper, her and Levi work together to kind of scour all the walls for like all the orphans, and they just brought all the orphans here to this castle. So yeah, they're like I think specifically from the underground city. Mm-hmm. Well, they mentioned like they started with the underground city, like yeah. that was their focus. But, yeah, like the little detail that Levi helped her do that, and. They're talking about like Historia is a goddess and she's like living up to this goddess name and there's some fun banter with that. And I like when Historia comes up and is like, all right, all of you get back to work. I see you slacking off over here. And uh, Jean's like, she reminds me of my mother. And Armin says, well, gods can be cruel. (laughs) I also like when Jean's like, at this rate, no one's going to remember the guy who plugged up trust. And like, Aaron does (laughs) not care one bit. There's a lot of uh, Jean baiting Aaron in these episodes. Yes. I think there's a fun little thing going on where like 
The only calm conversations we see Aaron have really are with Historia. I like this little bond the two of them have because all the 104th has gone through shit, but Aaron and Historia specifically have like this bond as far as the trauma they've gone through with their families and like wanting to be turned into a Titan versus not. And they just have like a lot more to connect on. And we see that there is this rapport between the two of them and they're really able to like, you know, talk about shit that they wouldn't otherwise talk about. <laughs> and Mikasa comes in a little jealous. <laughs> Fucking Christ. She, her look, she looks like ghoul Levi, like <laughs> emaciated Levi in this shot. And she's just like, you shouldn't be working right now, Aaron. You need to get some rest. Yeah, I wrote Jesus Christ, Mikasa, in all caps. <laughs> Armin, we get another little, like, Armin keeping us up to date uh, voiceover. Yeah. Where he's like... Some narration. He's like, the MP had to be purged after the power switch, which is not something we can relate to at all in our current political situation there's also a fun little tidbit that like the glowing crystals from the cave are now like a light source that they use within the walls mm -hmm. uh they're light bulbs so i guess yeah so there's also um some like oh they have the military pol or interior police's technology too so that advanced things a bit oh i didn't pick up on i don't that. know if it's mentioned in this show i just see it here in the manga and the final thing is hanji uses Aaron's titan hardening ability which he he's been like practicing nonsense stop to build a fucking giant guillotine on the gate of this of the this city thing too. is really cool it's <laughs> so it it's so fucking cool i love it's this called I, I just love it because it, it's engineered so well and they thought it out like very clearly and it's so cool yeah like the mechanics of it really feel like something that could actually work yeah it's called the fucking Executioner from Hell, but yeah, I like that you can see all the... Like, it has elements of a trebuchet with, like, the horses pulling the, the rope to, like, pull the, the log back up, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, it is a cool it's like, contraption. It's like kind of like a guillotine, but also... It's much more blunt than um, a guillotine, though, and it's, yeah, like, yeah. a titan-killing machine. It's also fascinatingly basic, too, but it's like they when, just lacked this one thing they needed to complete it. And when we see them kill the one Titan and the log just comes right down on the back of its neck. Like <laughs> I, I fucking, I cringed at that part. Like I felt that on the back of my neck. I think, I think I'd survive it. You think so? If that happened to me? Yeah. Paralyzed from the neck down, but I'd survive it. All right. We'll see. Anyways, uh, we get a scene in like the dining hall where the 104th is talking to Marlo. <laughs> this is fucking wonderful where Marlo is just like, I don't know, Marlo's talking about Hitch and Sasha's like, uh, hey, why did you blah, 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 right? Fuck, what did she say? I'm trying to remember how we get to the point of the funny okay, lines. Okay, so it's like, uh, so Marlo is like, Hitch didn't want me to join, but I don't know what that was about. And then Sasha and Kanye are making these, like, cursed-ass faces and being like... Kanye's <laughs> smile is so fucking funny. And they're just like, <laughs> dumb Marlo, fucking idiot. And then Marlo was, like, ranting about, like, doing it for the greater good, like, <laughs> usual bullshit. And then everyone's making fun of him, and the only person who's mm -hmm. not is Aaron. And he goes, I don't see anything wrong with what Marlo said. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking shit, dude. No, but the funny fucking line is when Sasha's like, because she's a thirsty girl and she thinks you're a, a tall, tall glass, glass of water. water. And the whole time, Connie's just behind her going like, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's 
<laughs> fucking out of touch with reality, Aaron. Jean's the one that's like roasting him. There's a yeah, there's a line um that's said to Aaron and it's like enough with the sad mumbling, it's all you do. <laughs> I love how Marlo's so fucking proud of the fact he's like, Yeah, Hitch was saying that I'm not good enough to be a survey corps member and that I should stay here in the MP, but I told her she's a dumb idiot that hates humanity <laughs> and she would never be worth anything. <laughs> Yeah, I like that part. Uh, Flock shows up. I don't know if he's named, but I'll name him right now. It's fucking Flock, red hair ass pompadour. Flock? Yeah, the dude with the red wheel hair. And he's like, we were in the 104th. Why are you guys talking down oh, to us? Oh, the hair that looks like it looks like a fucking like a foxtail. It's like a it's like head. a dog yeah. sleeping on his head, curled up. Yeah, there's a lot in this episode about how much time has passed, specifically how little time has passed. Like that's how I should word it. And how different our main characters have become in that amount of time. And yeah, Flock's like, yeah, we, I was in the 104th too. Why do you all think you're so special? Like, why do you think you're veterans? And they're like, because we are veterans. Like, if if you got a couple fucking hours, we can tell you the stories, you know? I know. I love when John's like, you want to hear about it. And then he kind of like, uh... You know what? Maybe later. And he specifically says, like, yeah, you guys do look kind of different, don't you? Connie leaves the room and he's like, I'm going to go back to my whole hometown and, like, see if I can find any more clues there. And there's this interesting conversation of, like, they kind of know that Titans are probably humans at this point. And there's this sad moment where they're like, do you think we might be able to turn Connie's mom back? Mm -hmm. And they're all like, I don't know. Like, maybe if we're finding out like an exponential amount as time goes on at this point so i know i think it's uh, i think it's armin the one that really eases people being like look we're learning more about titans all the time it could be possible and aaron goes into this thing of like well shit if they're just humans and he remembers this line that amir says of it being like a nightmare being a titan he's like are titans really our enemy and like he's kind of snapped out of it by i think mikasa who's like aaron you have to finish your meal <laughs> No talking, more eating. <laughs> hey, less laughing, more podcasting. Get back to it, bitches. Yeah, these have, I, I think these episodes also do a great job of showcasing the writing on this show, like the character writing, because all these characters really do have such a specific voice. Like the way Jean talks is so unique from the way Armin talks, from the way that Aaron talks. And then even like the way characters talk to each other is so different. Like Jean talking to Flock is a completely different thing than Jean talking to Aaron. But like it's still Jean. It's just like there are these intense interpersonal relationships that are shown in the dialogue that I absolutely adore. We also get this plot point that there's this person Aaron saw in Grisha's memories. And he's like, gosh, damn, this person looks so damn familiar. <laughs> yeah. And then Sean's like, well, maybe you should go get a headbutt from the instructor. That might <laughs> jog your memory. And Aaron's like, Vietnam time. I know what you're I know who it is. It's like a, it's a very 60s Batman way of solving the mystery. <laughs> but yeah, we find out that the commandant like knows something the commandant from the first fucking season the first couple episodes the dude that trained them um and so they just immediately get on their horses and like rush out to go question him <laughs> when they pop in it's so fucking funny with sasha just like scared standing at attention the corner of the room while everyone else is like sitting around the table with the commandant <laughs> the commandant's like are you sure you don't want to sit down? And Sasha's like, no, sir, I'm good where I am, sir. <laughs> it's a good bit. I know. He's like, I used to bring you in here to chew you out, didn't I? 
<laughs> yeah. I like that Hanji pulls a, well, why do you think we called you into the office? You know? But yeah, then we got into some fucking flashbacks. So the commandant is like, his name is Keith, right? I think. Keith shot us, yeah. And he's like, oh, all right, fine. I'm going to tell you all a story that has no meaning to humanity. Like, it is a worthless, pathetic little story. And then we cut into this flashback. We get some wild fucking information in this flashback. Um, before the flashback, I really like how um, he kind of, like, dodges the question from Hanji, and he just looks at yeah, Aaron yeah. and goes, like, Aaron, you remind me mm. so much of your mother, but those fangs lurking beneath those eyes, those are surely your father's. Mm-hmm. And that's when it goes into this flashback. Yes. The first piece of information that we learn, which absolutely blows my fucking mind, is Keith found Grisha outside the walls, and Grisha had no memories. He's just chilling there. He's just chilling there. He went for a walk. (laughs) And it's like, I don't, like, losing memory stuff is always so weird to me in shows, because it's like, you never know how much memory they've lost, you know? Because Grisha's like, oh, why would anyone be outside the walls? And Keith is like... Well, what the fuck are you doing here? Just climb? Did you scramble over or something? Which is really funny to imagine someone climbing up the walls. Those shits are tall. They take him into jail, and we get a fun little scene with Hannes. Rest in peace, Hannes. Young drunk Hannes. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting that he's like, ah, well, let's just let him go. It's what? Who? Why is it a crime to go outside the walls? I know Hannes being like, who knew this was illegal? Yeah, I fucking love seeing Hannes. Whenever we get him, it's great. They go to like this bar where we find out Carla is working, and they have this conversation where Keith is kind of filling Grisha in on like what life inside the walls is like, and they specifically get on the topic of the scouts. Keith explains their whole deal. Grisha is like, well shit dude then you guys are special like you're fucking heroes you're going out there all the time trying to like find out like see the world find out the secrets yeah uh you're awesome i really like when he's like oh there's like peace within the walls that's good that's good and then that's what kind of triggers keith and he's like you're just like everyone else satisfied to be and he kind of like talks exactly like aaron talks um it's interesting yeah there's like parallel between the instructor and aaron where he's like People are satisfied being cattle in the walls, blah, 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 the whole spiel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. There is like a lot of Aaron and Keith, which is cool to see because like we only know him as this guy with the fucking sunken eyes who's depressed as shit. (laughs) The hard ass sergeant. Yeah. So Grish is like, it takes someone special to become a scout. And he specifically, Keith specifically says like, I was a chosen one, right? Like Grisha put this idea in my head. Like I'm a chosen one. Uh, We find out that Keith is a simp for Carla. (laughs) Uh, we get to see, like, Grisha meeting Carla for the first time, which is cool, and what are we looking That's, at? So, Batman? when Keith's doing his old monologue, when he goes outside the walls, and he's like, oh, I'm special, and there's this fat baby titan it shows. Ew. It's pretty ugly. I hated that titan a lot. I fucking hated that titan. I don't even remember it's it. It's pretty fucking ugly. It was really fat. It was, like, really fat, and it looked like it looked like a giant baby, and I hated looking at it. <laughs> it looked like it looked like baby Grinch, but without the hair. <laughs> I don't know if you two You're will remember so this. You're so right. It, you are so like, fucking right. It looks like that one token I use in Roll20 all the time. That like fat bald guy. <laughs> it looked like the Buddha. <laughs> the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, anyway, so there's I a just big wanna, disease in town. Oh, and this is, this I just want to, oh. this doesn't have to do with the episodes. I'm just telling Chris, um, cut out, because my brother just ran, my brother just like ran a fucking bath like a like a weirdo and the faucet was really loud so chris just cut out 
all of that. Don't try to like denoise it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Eat my ass. Yeah, I was wondering what the fucking noise was. While you're at it. Um, so you're saying we get to the epidemic part, which I will point out was mentioned by Hannes in episode one, where he's like, uh-huh. Dr. Grisha saved us from this epidemic a while back. Yeah, and we get it with like Keith rushing into Grisha's place with Carla in arms, and he's like, dude, you gotta save Carla. She's got this disease. Her whole family has this disease. And Grisha's just like, don't worry, I'll save you, and I'll save all of you. And yeah, we know that he pretty much does. Like, he fucking is able to cure everyone of this whatever fucking disease is passing through town. And it basically gives Keith an existential crisis, right? (laughs) Or it, like, starts his existential crisis. Mm -hmm. Classic Keith with his existential crisis. Yeah, and he's, like, he's seeing the failure. Like, they're trying to establish a base for the Survey Corps. Mm -hmm. Well, right, we have to mention that Keith, like, is constantly talking about this whole thing. Like, if I could only become the commander of the Survey Corps, I'll fucking show these guys. I'll show them how we can save humanity. Like, I'll do what's right. I'll make sure everyone gets back alive. And then he gets what he wants. He becomes the commander and he just fucks it up completely. Yeah, I really like this like interaction of like Erwin is like, we should use this long distance scouting formation. He's like, fucking no, you do it when you're commander. Oh shit. That's not in the anime, huh? No. Yeah, we don't really get to see much interaction between him and Erwin, except for later when he's like, Erwin, you're the commander. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm a failure. You take over. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he gets cucked by Grisha. Right, he gets cucked by Grisha. Um, and we have the scene where like he's returning from the failed mission at the beginning. It's no, I guess not at the beginning of the series. I guess this is long before that because it's baby Aaron. But he goes up to Carla, and Carla's like, "Oh, what? You didn't hear that? Me and Grisha banged for ten months straight, and then had a hot little baby. Hot little baby? What the fuck? Okay." <laughs> and. Keith just fucking wails on her, dude. He's I wrote like, that Keith Keith's an incel in this part. He fucking is, dude. He's he calls her cattle. He calls her a whore. Uh, he says that she's completely unspecial. Like it's brutal. And he goes on this like monologue, like what he's saying to Aaron and the crew. And present day is special people do exist. Your dad was one of them. I'm just not one of them. So then, like, all we, we kind of catch up to where the series began, which is Keith runs into Grisha on that day, right, when the original wall fell, and they, like, find Aaron later together. Grisha wakes Aaron up at that, like, warehouse that we saw him in in season one, wakes him up and is like, yo, Aaron, we got to go do something in the woods real quick. <laughs> In and out, 20 minutes adventure. Yeah, he wakes up Aaron and he's like, Your mom, where's your mom, Aaron? And Aaron just goes, A Titanator. And then both Keith and Grisha fucking, the pain in Grisha and Keith's eyes. Poor fucking Aaron. Fuck you, Aaron. Whiny bitch. And like, as Grisha is leading Aaron away and is like, You're gonna fucking save the world or whatever, Keith is like, Yo, don't you put this shit on that kid. Like, I know what it's like to have that shit put on you. And like, what if he doesn't become something great? What if he's just like me? You put it on him and then he fails. And Grisha's like, nah, dude, he's my kid. He's different from you. And he's like, please, I beg you, don't get involved. Um, And then Grisha takes Aaron up into the woods. There's a flash of light. Keith goes up, finds Aaron laying there. Grisha's gone and takes him back down to the warehouse where we see him wake up in season one with the key with the key with the key around his neck and he's like that's it 
It was useless, right? I'm a fucking useless piece of shit. That story told you nothing. <laughs> and I fucking, I fucking love uh, Republican Hanji, where she's like, "You kept that from us this whole time, just because you like you fucking thought you were a special little snowflake." Like she uses I know. that specific <laughs> she, word. She like, says he has an inferiority complex, which I think it's really interesting. This like dynamic of Hanji like losing her shit, and then Levi being like, "Yo, mm-hmm. yo, calm down. You, you're being kind of rude, Dim." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and then he says to Aaron, like, but here's what your mom said to me, uh, in return to me just screaming at her. And she basically says, yo, Aaron doesn't have to be special. He doesn't have to be better than anyone else. He is special because he was born into this world. <laughs> and I also love when she's like, just look at him. He's so cute. <laughs> it's like, yeah, when we think about Aaron now. <laughs> yeah, we get a little flash of, we find out this wild detail that Keith is the one that fucked with Aaron's ODM gear way back in season one. I absolutely love this shit. I like, it's like Attack on Titan brings back characters and details like you did not think would come back. And it's like, guess what? Here they're back and they're actually incorporated in the narrative. And just, I just love that detail of showing Keith, like trying to protect Aaron from himself. And he realizes like, I can't, he really is Grisha's son. And I also love that it's a mystery that we didn't know was a mystery. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like the reveal is so fucking good that it feels like for the last three seasons, we've been like, who messed with Aaron's ODM gear? I know. And it's just like, I love, it's just, especially when you think back to season one, where he very specifically says like, ha, huh, this is a piece of the equipment that's not usually broken. We'll have to add it mm-hmm. to the equipment checklist. Brian, did you like that shit? <laughs> I don't remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Um, and it's okay. just, it's also just like moving on. <laughs> the added like amazingness of this scene is just like you got like the end credits song blurring into the episode and it just like has an absolutely mm-hmm. stellar tone to that scene. Yeah. And we see that like in Aaron's eyes, like this, that really does affect him. Like hearing these words from his mother really does affect him. Episode 12? Episode 12. There was an episode 12. Night of the Battle to Retake the Wall? That's kind of fun to say. Night of the Battle to Retake the yes. Wall. Um, okay. So there's a little meeting of the minds where they are like looking at the serum that Kenny, I almost said Kevin for some reason that Kenny gave them and they're like all right this shit originates from human body fluid but when it's exposed to air it just starts disappearing we have no way to examine it further and whoever made this has technology beyond what we can even imagine so like I find it hard to believe that Rod Rice and his family made it themselves they're kind of like if we can't like dissect this and figure out more about it then we just need to use it as a tool in retaking humanity which means we gotta entrust it to someone they decide to entrust it to levi erwin really seems to understand that like the weight of being able to turn someone into a titan is huge like save someone's life by turning them into a titan um and so he really makes sure to like stress that to levi that like you are going to need to be able to make this decision without hesitation when the time comes like are you ready to take on that responsibility and levi's like yeah i know it's, sure i am because it starts out with he's like levi will you take it and levi's just like if it's an order just tell me fucker and then th- the fucking scene ends with zachary being like so my art installation <laughs> uh you put more thought into letting me do that no. <laughs> yeah because this is like we just got the public trust back you don't know art when you see it he says <laughs> yeah 
theme music cuts in and when we cut back we're in another meeting right with all the scouts at this oh point oh my goodness ladies and gentlemen today we have a rare sight it is a sullivan burp normally i have all the brian burps left in but today we're looking at a sullivan burp let's see what he's brewing up oh ew what the fuck but Aaron is talking about like so reiner and barrett Holt and annie came from outside the wall and they hated us and wanted to destroy humanity and break down our walls but also grisha came from outside the walls but he liked us and is trying to save humanity so what the fuck's up with that and then they, they just come back to the point of like whatever his allegiances were, like he wanted to tell Aaron the truth of what's going on and the truth is in the cellar. Whatever is down there, it's probably not even that he didn't want to tell us, but he couldn't tell us. Like we already know that like King Fritz's fucking shit or whatever is all over everyone and uh, no one can do balls, right? No one can remember anything or talk about anything. Yep. With, I mean, between the threat of the interior police, like clearly he could never give this information away. And we get this scene between Lee Levi and Erwin, where Levi asks him, like, they're alone in Erwin's office, and he's like, all right, what's next? We get there, we get to the cellar, we find out the secrets of what's going on, then what? Erwin's basically like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what the hell could even be in that cellar? We have no idea. We can't make a full plan until we find out, right? Mm -hmm. Levi's like, but... The only reason I'm asking is because you might die before we get to the cellar. Like, you might die before you figure out what the secrets are. So you should just wait here. Like, I'll tell everyone you put up a fight. Like, I forced you to stay at your desk. Like, stay alive. <laughs> and I like how Aaron's response is basically just like, get fucked. I gotta see the secrets. I need to be there. And Levi's like, I'll fucking uh -huh. break your legs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Their relationship has always been interesting to me because it's so strained. But at the same time, there does seem to be some sort of like genuine camaraderie between the two and like genuine care for each other. But a lot of that on Levi's side seems to come from the fact that Levi thinks like Erwin is humanity's best chance, right? Like he says, you have to stay behind because you have to survive because if you don't, who's going to lead humanity like after we find out the secrets? And yeah, Aaron's just a selfish little prick. Like he's like, yeah, dude, finding out the secrets means more to me than us succeeding after we find out the secrets. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this just goes back to what Kenny said in the last episode. Like that is Erwin's thing, you know? That is what he is a slave to. He is a slave to finding out the secrets of what's going on. Um, and like everything else is nonsense to him. Which is, like, good to a certain extent. The rest of this episode is just kind of fun, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, quite the chaotic episode. This middle school cafeteria fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they basically all decide, like, if we're going to be going out on this big mission with these scouts, we should, uh, you know, make them like us. So let's give them some meat. And they don't eat meat very often. Which is very clearly illustrated. Yes, yes, yes. The little animation of Sasha putting her hands up to her head, staring at the meat, is so fucking funny. And then this metal music. I just, I just love, I love this guy being like, ah, here's to recapturing the wall, and then it just breaks out into a sheer brawl. Right, metal music starts playing. Everyone starts beating the snot out of each hey, other. Hey, that counts as two There's pieces. Like a, no, it doesn't, you fucker. <laughs> Someone's like, uh, like, well, I'm three times better at fighting than you, which means I deserve three times times the meat when sasha goes absolutely ballistic and like connie is trying to hold her back all of his lines are gold like he says drop the meat sasha i don't want to have to kill you <laughs> 
And then after that, he Sasha like bites into Jean's hand, and Connie says, "That meat is Jean. We don't eat our friends, okay?" I also love knock her out, Connie, and he's like, "I'm trying." Oh yeah, he's like, "It's like her mind is shut down, but her body's still going." Oh yeah, this scene's just great. Marlo is just like calmly with his fork and knife, like eating the meat in little bites, and he's like, "Man, you guys don't get meat too often. That's sad." Yeah, and then we get fucking Aaron and Connie tying Sasha up to a pole in like a side room, and I don't know. This is a nice little moment of friendship. I feel like we don't see good friendship moments with Aaron or really anyone too often. Like just seeing Connie and Aaron be buds. There's something about that that really makes me feel nice. Um, but Connie kind of very sweetly sends them into this flashback, you know, like he's like, man, to think Sasha was trying to share meat with us like four months ago. And Aaron's like, what the hell are you talking about? And like, Connie is just like, you know, four months ago when we were up on the wall outside of trust, <laughs> everything was great. <laughs> what a wonderful day. And Aaron has these crazy flashbacks and he's like, oh shit, that was four years ago and i wanted to mention this in the last episode because three months ago ben's paying attention keith basically says something very similar and they look so fucking old the characters especially in that scene with keith they look aged and it's crazy to think that it was only three or four months ago connie's fucking line of like how's that for climbing the ranks huh and then aaron comes back with uh it's all because you're a genius and Connie's like, damn straight it is. I also love the shots when Aaron's like reminiscing and it shows like the colossal titan. It shows like the shot of like Bertholdt flying away in the steam, which is like something we've never mm. explicitly seen, but like now is implied. And I just thought that was really neat. I did not catch that. Wait, it shows him. Yeah. So here's like a shot in the panel. There's like a shot of like Bertholdt like flying away in the steam. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Marlo wants to be. He's like, why are all of us newbies? stuck tending to the horses shouldn't we be on the front lines to learn how to fight with you guys and john's like no you stupid asshole <laughs> you don't want to be on the front watch us from the back that's how you can learn like we're probably gonna die you know <laughs> and like he's like we're gonna die and you have to still be alive to take our place pretty much yeah and then he's like unless you're some suicidal idiot who charges at the enemy and then aaron's like and who <laughs> yeah. might you be referring to john <laughs> yeah Oh my god, it's so fucking funny. Aaron takes the bait so hard. Interesting, because it seems as if I just found out I am a normal person. <laughs> Which makes you a coward, John. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they just start fucking wailing on each other. Like Brian said, it's a fucking middle school cafeteria fist fight. <laughs> And everybody's like gathering around them going, fight, fight, fight. And I just love Arbin and Mikasa like, should we stop them? Oh my nah. god. No, Mikasa's, Mikasa's line specifically, it's so fucking like devoid of emotion and blank. She just goes, I think it's fine. <laughs> As they're just wailing on each other. And they're like back and forth. So hilarious. The animations of their faces as they're just like punching each other as hard as they can in their guts is so fucking funny. Yeah, Levi comes in, breaks up the fight. He's like, all right, everyone go get some sleep. We got a big day tomorrow. And... We just get a great, like, little moment between Armin, Mikasa, and Aaron, which we haven't really had in a while. They just go out onto the streets on this, like, beautiful cobblestone steps between these buildings. Uh, it's just a really neat location, and they're just... Uh, I love Aaron's line of fucking, shouldn't you guys watch out for me more? 
Like, come on, dude. And then Armin responding, if you got hurt, you'd heal, so I didn't bother. Yeah. And um, yeah, they just have this nice little moment where Aaron is like, for the first time, I feel okay. Like, for the longest time, I was trying to be strong, like Mikasa or Levi, uh, but now I realize I was just jealous. And like, yeah, we're like, none of us have the whole piece of the puzzle like we are only strong when we are together and it's like he finally realizes that after three seasons um and it makes him feel okay which is nice to hear aaron say after three seasons of being the most traumatized brat on planet earth and then we get the brutal fucking shot of like they see as they're having this conversation a guy walked by with a lady down a couple of steps below them who looks vaguely like Hannes. And they talk about like, I think Mikasa specifically is like, can we go back to the way things were like after we've taken out all of our enemies and like got fixed the wall and everything? Yeah, we'll go back to those days. And Aaron has the line of like, well, some things are going to be the same, but some things are changed forever and we're going to make them pay for doing that to us. Yeah, and then Armin starts fucking wailing about the sea. He's like, we're going to go see the ocean, lava cakes, and uh, sand. Lava cakes. Lava Let's cakes? go see it. We're going to go, beyond the, we're gonna go yeah. beyond the walls and visit Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember... <laughs> Do you guys remember when, who the fuck was the newscaster that fucking put Olive Garden on blast a couple, Wait, what? A couple weeks ago? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, fucking, <laughs> it was after the Capitol riots and some like famous newscaster, I can't remember who it was, was just like, yeah, all those Capitol, like you saw the Black Lives Matter protest, everyone went home and ha- like w- went to police stations in handcuffs or went home with gashes across the, their faces. Those people from the Capitol riots are just going to go have a nice dinner at Olive Garden and go back to their best Western. Hotel. It's the funniest fucking shit. <laughs> Their friend was like, "Why the fuck did he put Olive Garden on blast like that?" This is a good bit. I just, I just like imagining that outside of the walls, you know, everybody they they defeat all the titans, and then everybody finally can venture outside the walls, and it's nothing but Olive Garden as far as the eye no, no, can no. see. <laughs> You know how all we've seen so far is like fields outside the walls? Yeah. It's just fields forever, but if you go far enough in one direction, you'll eventually hit a single olive garden <laughs> just standing in the middle of the field. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I like olive garden. So Armin's going on his whole rant about the sea, and we get this little quick shot of Levi just like chilling by himself beyond like like around the corner listening to them. In an alley. Yeah, and he's like hearing Armin be like Aaron, you got to promise me, like, the ocean, dude. We're going to see the ocean together. Like, that's where we're going to start. We're going to find that shit because I know you still don't believe in it. And, yeah, then we cut to they're, like, heading out, right? It's the next day. Everyone's up on the wall. Like, all the Survey Corps members are getting up on the wall to head on over and, you know, head back to Shiganshina. And they have an entire fucking, like, parting party. Like, we see Flagle, and he's like, Bye, Hanji! <laughs> Good luck! I thought that was cute. And then someone else mentions, like, well, the only other people that knew about this were the people that supplied the meat, which is Flagel's uh, company. And so, like, we get the idea that Flagel told the whole fucking world to come wave off the Survey Corps. Yeah. And it's just this wonderful fucking moment of them being, like, the Survey Corps has never had, like, the public on their side, or at least not for a very long time. And they're being cheered on for once as they're leaving, 
Like they're actually maybe gonna succeed. Like they're finally fucking turning the tides. It's a wholesome. And everyone loves it. It's a very wholesome moment. I love all like the like senior survey corps members being like, "What? What are they doing?" And then there's like Jean, um, Connie, and Sasha <laughs> being like, "Yeah!" And then Erwin joins in <laughs> yeah. with them. Oh, it's so sweet. I feel like there's a spiritual connection between this episode and the fourth episode of the first season, I think it is. And like kind of leading into the fifth episode, like we talked a lot in those episodes about how there is this like false feeling of they are ready to take on Titans right before the Battle of Trost. Like that's a feeling we got for absolutely no reason. Like we saw them train but we didn't really see them accomplish anything. And we just felt because of typical narratives like, okay, now they're going to succeed and it's going to be awesome. And then we get that insane turn of, no, it's not. They fucking suck and they all die and it's terrible. And now we are getting that exact same feeling in a more organic way after like actually having the buildup of slowly seeing them get small victory after small victory into bigger victory into bigger victory. And now we genuinely feel like they are leaving on this mission and they are going to win. And like, we kind of feel more like there's more of a foundation there, you know, when the last one was more empty. Um, I just think that's an incredible parallel. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. They all fucking ride off towards Shigan. You know, that is adorable. Brian's sitting there with his cat. <laughs> he was bumping up against the microphone and I needed to stop him. Yeah. And after I like how in the past, like, half of this like first half of the season they kind of keep bringing up the basement being like oh yeah viewers remember that's important we're finally going <laughs> yeah, there baby we're going to shingashina i'm like okay brian how are you feeling at this point because i i very vividly remember getting to this point and feeling that being like oh my god we're finally going back to that thing that was promised to us in season one episode like one whatever. like i mean yeah okay I felt I felt along the same lines as what you did until I saw the end credit scene. Oh well, fuck! Okay, yeah, let's yeah. get into it, right? Because we get a brief shot of Reiner and Bertholdt sitting. Reiner sit, Bertholdt stand mm-hmm. with like the wind blowing in their hair as they're just waiting. I guess let's get into the intro and outro stuff. Then we'll talk about the the thing when we talk about the outro, right? Yeah, I feel like. When it comes to the opening, we pretty much get the full context of the opening um, in this this arc. Yeah, right? The visuals in this opening, I think, are the strongest, especially by way to like how they connect to the actual plot of the season. And I think the overall emotional themes of this season are very well done because you don't really understand what it's going for at the beginning, like the first couple episodes. But like by these episodes, there is like, like I think the best overall theme uh, packed into this like half of a season. I- I'm kind of rambling, but I've, you probably get yeah, what I'm no, saying. I definitely like, especially I think this opening is very interesting. Whereas I don't know, I feel like there's shots in the previous opening where it's like kind of borderline spoilery. Whereas in this opening, you really don't know what the hell it's showing you. Like, you just mm-hmm. see a bunch of children, child versions of our main characters, and it's like, I don't know what it's getting at, but it's like, now it's really hitting home these themes. Like, like adult Erwin looking into the house of seeing his him talking to his father and getting that dream that mm-hmm. is his drive, seeing Levi as a child in the underground, seeing Armin, Aaron, Mikasa just running and playing in the streets, and juxtaposed with depressed Aaron staring off in the distance as child Aaron runs into him. And the Kenny thing is what I specifically think like all of this comes back to that idea of everyone is a slave to something because 
like this intro even opens with Aaron flying around being all badass on his ODM gear, right? Like everyone kind of gets what they want, you know? And this opening is reminding us every single episode of like the fact that these are all people. I feel like it's very easy to, when you're watching a show like this that has such high concepts like Titans and ODM gear and like three walls, it's very easy to forget get that characters are people you know and they have these complex emotions and like intrapersonal relationships in this beginning i feel like there's something very visceral about like specifically seeing children that reminds you of that and like it's so important and does so much by way of like making these themes like drive home so hard by like reminding us at the top of every episode that like these were kids once these were kids with dreams and hopes and they're now growing into adults that are now like realizing those dreams and hopes like some of them in ways that maybe aren't too great but some of them in ways that are kind of hopeful yeah the season just reckons a lot with dreams and it's like you said we see that with like erwin looking in through the window at his dad we see that with like levi kind of like being able to kill in this intro like we have his cool knife shit but like he doesn't have any aspirations beyond that um, like, I just think all of that is interesting. Now, on top of that, the visuals are just fucking stunning. <laughs> They're so fucking good. The visuals are always so good. That's the thing. Do you have anything to say about the intros? I, I mean, like, especially now that, like, you've seen it all, right? You've seen Historia as a kid. You've seen Levi as a right. kid. You've seen Aaron as a kid. You've seen Aaron and Mikasa and Armin as a kid. We Oh, I there's mean, a very brief shot about Reiner, Barthol, Annie, and that fourth person even in this intro. Oh, yeah, that's true. Being kids, just walking through the woods. Yeah, I just think it's it's like a reminder that that innocence still exists in this world. Like, even though our characters are all grown up, that is still a thing that exists. Like, it's not all dreary. It's not all, like, death. There is still hope, right? Like, you're special because you're born into this world. And that's, like, it. Brian's just petting his cat. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on the intro? Just because this is the last episode with Oreo it. Oreo has some final thoughts. Oreo, what are your thoughts? I don't think he likes the pop filter. <laughs> He's very cute, though. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Okay, he's gone. What did I say about the intro last time? Didn't I say that it looked like it reminded me of like a sitcom? Yeah, that is what you said. <laughs> yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't. I still don't think that it's my favorite opening, but I don't get those sitcom feeling vibes from it anymore. That is why a lot of people are turned off from it as first. Yeah. At first. Because it has Cause like it, it has does... such a happy care like careless vibe to it that the rest of the mm-hmm. show just doesn't follow. But then like as the season progresses and you start realizing yeah. why it did that, yeah, like once the themes become more clear and the emotional stakes become more clear, like it started, it sort of starts resonating a bit more. Whereas before, it kind of feels like nails on a chalkboard when you first yeah. see it. It's still it's not my favorite intro, but it I I don't like you know what am I saying. Um, you don't like women. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I'm a misogynist <laughs> cool. completely. Too much historia in that opening. <laughs> um, <sighs> the outro, though, I think is it's very similar, but it is a lot more like historia focused. Historia centric um, outro. I like how even the choice of animation style becomes more clear by the end of this arc, you know? Cause like the Historia story and like the Rod Rice story has so much to do with like this ancient history that we barely understand. So like having this like textbook drawing style for the animation, I think it's just so fucking cool. Yes. Yeah, just um, like the book that Historia reads, right? It literally yeah, feels like it, you're going through pages in a book. Yeah. It's so cool. And like, we're basically going through Historia's whole story arc, like our character arc 
in this outro, but before we even know it. And like, just like watching it after seeing everything and like realizing, oh, that's her story, but in a bit more of a um, abstract yes. way is super fun. No, I definitely, this is actually my favorite outro of the show. I absolutely love this one. 100%. I agree. You just can't beat the an- the animation's so fucking cool, and the song's really cool too. But I really like the way the song is used specifically in the outro of episode twelve. Oh my god! Because we get some fucking oh shit, dude. I okay. So full disclosure: the first time I watched this show, I didn't watch the outro, and so I didn't get this. Uh, but last time I watched it, I did, and this time I watched it, I did. And when I saw it for the first time. I genuinely thought my Hulu was like fucking up. Like I thought my TV was glitching out. Let me tell you. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you something yeah, about you this take shit, it, Ryan. When I saw this, it felt like I was getting a live recreation of like an Attack on Titan creepy pasta. <laughs> oh yes, it is such creepy pasta vibes. It's literally, dude. it's creepy pasta material, and it's so good because mm-hmm. literally, just like you said, like. For the first couple seconds, I thought my Hulu or like my internet, something was like broken, but it, it's like, it's literally, it's a fourth wall break. It's like imagery too, you know, like yeah. it glitches and then there's like a brief shot of Levi's face covered in blood Then it glitches some more and then it just starts flashing shit at us. Like it's trying to send us subliminal messaging <laughs> and it's all like terrifying image. It like is. Like, pause it's like on any of it. super like darkens if you go through it frame by frame it's just terrifying image after terrifying image yeah and it's like it's not even terrifying in like a literal way like if we saw any of those pictures in any other context it would be fine but it's like with the glitching sounds and like whoa what the fuck's going on (laughs) so fucking scary and then it just cuts to this scene and i i want you to describe what you saw brian so it cuts to aaron mikasa and levi all on a on a rooftop together and everything around them a blood soaked levi yeah blood blood soaked levi and everything around them is in ruins and Mm -hmm. levi says levi says to aaron it's something something like um do you realize what you've just done or something what what was the exact line you got Mm -hmm. it basically it was that's it okay but it's specifically what you two have done like he's speaking to mikasa and aaron like he's like you two yeah that's it and after a quick silence levi fucking nails aaron right in the face Mm -hmm. and then mikasa like springs into action and tackles levi with the knife to his throat or like her Mm -hmm. big sword and then it just cuts back to the the outro oh my god and like the fucking like the part where they chose for it to glitch into that is so fucking brilliant. Like the way the music picks back up at the end of that little clip yeah. is like masterful. <laughs> it's masterful editing. But yeah, what the fuck? Cause like there's so much about that, right? Like, why are they the only fucking people around? Like the like they're just on top of these rooftops are the only fucking people. Like, like you said, everything's in ruins. Like, what the what do you think is going on? I like what could possibly lead them to turn on each other like this right i think that i i think that like aaron and mikasa are trying to like stop levi from they're like trying to stop him from doing something i think like some something that's like really important they're trying to stop him and he and he needs to do whatever this thing is and right because he's like do you realize what you're doing yeah 
and they're they're like trying to stop him so he literally like to get them out of the way he punches Aaron and then maybe maybe fucking kills Mikasa at some point who knows I I don't want to see any of our main characters kill each other (laughs) (laughs) but it's something that this show would do that yeah do you want to know what my girlfriend said to me because I watched it when she was watching it for the first time and (laughs) when we saw that she just slowly turned her head to me and went I'm so nervous. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you should be. I am too. No, Brian, you mentioned you had some other th- theories you wanted to talk about. The one, yeah, the ending to episode 10 with the um the Beast mm-hmm. Titan. Because we see the, the dude with the blonde hair, like he climbs out of the Beast Titan. And yeah. I think... I don't think that he is well he kind of he kind of is the beast titan but I don't think he's the beast titan in the way that we're thinking of I think that he's okay I want to say like the the hulkbuster from Age of Ultron and he can just climb in and out yeah. of this titan body whenever he wants to Age of Ultron the movie my parents are currently watching are you shitting next me to me by chance are you shitting me <laughs> No, I'm not. Yeah, but I think I don't think that he can materialize this Titan just on a whim. I think that literally it like ties on my other theory. Like he created this Titan mm-hmm. from scratch or something like that. And he can literally climb in and out of it as he wishes. Yeah, I do think there is something like particularly different about the Beast Titan. Yeah. You know, there's something it off seem about like him. the other Titans. Yeah. And then we also have like in like a couple episodes ago, we had Armin being like, all the shit we think we know about the Titans is just a theory, right? Like, yeah. Anything can like change. Like our theory that if... Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> like, uh, we didn't even think at the beginning of the show that people could turn into Titans. So, like, uh, the thought that someone might have, have a Titan they can hop into and out of isn't a crazy idea. Like, it's, w- it's within the realm of this show. It definitely puts a damper on your idea that... <laughs> The monkey is like a Frankenstein's creation that Grisha's <laughs> okay, yeah. chasing after, though. <laughs> but so, like, everything else about your theory is still the same, though. So, blonde-haired man is Grisha that had a midlife crisis, and he created yeah. the Beast Titan. Yeah, but now I, but now I think that he can literally just climb in and out whenever he wants to, and become the beast titan i'm on board with that i guess my question would be why do you think he's with reiner and barrel i didn't even think about that well there's also like because at the beginning of this episode even they were talking about like we know grisha's from outside the walls now so like i like i wonder is it some is it like grisha was actually in cahoots with them the whole time and was just trying to like blend into society with like same as annie barrel and reiner like i think me i think i would agree with you i think yeah I, w- I would believe in that where he's just he's literally acting like a normal person in inside the walls but he's actually he's like an an enemy of the scouts pretty much but at the same time like the thing that contradicts me on that is like the the fact that he saved everyone from that disease you know right like if he if he was truly trying to destroy humanity, wouldn't the easiest way just be to let whatever fucking disease that would like smallpox or whatever just tear maybe he wants to keep the them walls. alive for something? Oh, that's tasty. Maybe he wants to keep them alive for some like fucked up shit he wants to do. Titan food. <laughs> that it's a bowl of cereal. Mm. The walls are actually the world's biggest bowl of cereal <laughs> for titans. Where are we going after this episode? 
they're off to Shinganshina allegedly. What's gonna happen, Brian? Well, because they're trying to find they're trying to find the seller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, they know where the seller is. They, okay, yeah, they know where it is. So we're gonna get to see this legendary seller that they've been build, building up since season <laughs> legendary one. Seller. The legendary seller, and like you're just to like remind the the listeners, your th- theory on the seller is that it's like a like a laboratory basically yeah the creature's like like building titans yeah sort of like a mad scientist and it's like i I think it's really big well yeah because we saw that like fucking rod rice had a whole fucking cave system under his house so So it's not too because there's an entire underground city when i first heard you know the cellar the words the cellar i think of like a fucking like my basement like my unfinished basement This fucking I'm sorry show, if man. I broke your line of thought. This fucking show. No, you you did it for a purpose, and it was the I barely know her joke. <laughs> it's always worth it for that barely know her joke. Uh, do you have any more questions, Ben? No. Is it time to talk some spoilers? It's time to talk spoilers! Maybe. Time to talk spoilers, okay. Uh, hey, if you have not watched past these episodes... Um, you should turn this shit off right now because we're going to talk some spoilers for the end of season three and maybe even some season four. And trust me when I say you don't want to get spoiled for it. Uh, can I also, but, can I say one more thing before I go? Well, yeah. What do you want to say? Um, Sullivan, your like Pikachu pillow that's on your bed has been staring at me this whole <laughs> podcast episode and it's absolutely yeah. dreadful looking. Yeah, thank you. That thing's straight from uh, straight from the '90s, baby. It's straight I've from that hell. Forever. It's a it's fat Pikachu too. It's not like after <laughs> Pikachu went on like fucking Waste Watchers. <laughs> Anyways, uh, while you are logging off, you can go onto iTunes and leave us a rating. Uh, help us out a butt ton. Let's us know what we can improve on, and you can also let us know if we missed anything that you think we should have talked about in these episodes because we probably did. Uh, our social medias are at Tea Time with Titans on Instagram, at Tea Time Titans on Twitter. Uh, and Brian, yeah. before you go, I just want to let you know um, that the next fucking, I don't know, there's like 10 episodes left of, the, of season three. It is banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. We're going to fucking pound town, dude. <laughs> so get fucking ready. Okay, I'll prepare uh, my bottle. notebook ready, because we're going to have shit to talk about the next coming weeks. Oh, dear. Um, now get the fuck out of here so we can talk spoilers. Okay, fine. Bye. Bye, Brian. I actually have some things don't, this don't week. Don't set up his expectations too high. This, this arc sucks. <laughs> this fucking... You know, I've honestly... I've been going through the forums, and people seem to think that this is the worst couple episodes <laughs> out of the whole show fuck return to shingashin everyone hates return to shingashin <laughs> <laughs> heroes the lowest rated episode in television history <laughs> uh episode 10 friends so uri when he's talking to kenny he has that line violence is the unavoidable truth or something along those lines yeah. and like i feel like when we hear that the first time in season three like our understanding of this world is so small that like the meaning of that quote i feel like gets a little bit lost like it didn't quite land with me the first time i watched it but like now knowing all the context of like you know eldians being persecuted for so long and um even before that like the eldians like attacking the marleans like 
this idea of like the violence always being there, but it's just shifting from group to group, I think is, is very interesting. Yeah. And a very similar thread, same conversation. He says in the not too distant future, this world will crumble. And in humanity's fading twilight, I wish to build paradise. And it's like, at the time, we think, oh, maybe he knows the walls are going to be breached mm-hmm. and Titans are coming. But now we know, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's talking about the world wanting to destroy Paradise. Like, that's what he's really after. Yeah, I know. Like, back then, we just think Paradise is he's building these walls so the Titans can't get in and eat people. Not so the other people of the world can't come over and fuck their shit up. Absolutely wild. Um, Here's a question I have for you, and I don't know if you'll give me an answer or not. So, like, Ackermans aren't Eldians, right? That's why they can't be, like, controlled by Fritz's will or whatever. We actually just don't get really any confirmation at this point what Ackermans are. Okay, that's what I thought. So maybe this is just going to be theorizing. Maybe you know. But I'm wondering if Kenny would have turned into a titan if he took the syringe or like if levi would or if mikasa would because yeah we we like don't know if the ackermans are eldians at this point but it kind of seems like because we we've seen like the people from hirzu and we know the people from like hirzu aren't eldian and they're like eastern like mikasa and kenny and levi are so it kind of makes me think if Kenny had took that serum, he wouldn't have turned into a Titan. Would have been a waste of goo. Yeah, we uh, just don't know the answers when it comes to Ackermans. All we know is they aren't affected by the founding Titan and that they have this weird awakening power that Levi talks about. And that's pretty much all we know. Okay. That's all I had for for 10. All right, 11. So just like on a rewatch, Flock being uh, very interested in like, why the 104th are different from everyone else it's just ironic because like by the end of the next 10 episodes he's going to be right there with them like in the exact same place the exact same headspace have gone through like similarly fucked up things um also just flock being the arrogant bastard that he is (laughs) yeah so something i just never thought of is so Grisha saved the town from the plague with modern medicine, right? That's the yeah. Idea. Um, geez, I don't know if this is something that's like mentioned in the manga or if it's some detail I've created in my head that's not real. But I feel like there's some like detail in Grisha's flashback about him like using his antibodies to fight off the disease because he comes from a more advanced. Interesting. Um, like I said, I actually don't know where I'm getting this information, but I feel like it's something that's like talk that's, that's like in the, the manga. manga during the Grisha flashback at the end of season three. That's fucking cool. Um, yeah, because we know that like his basement, like he's like mixing vaccines and shit, right? Um, and he just knows special ways to do that. God, antibodies. That's fucking neat. It is kind of cool to see like learning that Grisha was from outside of the walls is like one of the funnest reveals, I think. And then seeing it with context is even funner. I know. It's also just interesting because like we know Grisha's like totally faking it. Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> faking his memory loss. It's e- cool. E- even on the first watch through you can kind of get this idea that he's faking it yeah he seems sus because he's like why are you guys out the side the walls what are you doing so he clearly has some context of this world but now like we fully know like okay yeah he just kind of tried to blend in yeah and you can like you can even kind of actively see him getting information from keith and then like adjusting his story like making little micro adjustments Mm -hmm. there's one big thing i want to talk about from episode 12 and again this is kind of just theorizing but Like, yeah, Hanji says that the fluid originates from the human body fluid. It vaporizes in the air, which leads me to believe, like, my whole thought process of, like, this shit is, like, spinal fluid. I think that's got to be true. I think it's got to be Titan spinal fluid, right? Are we told that ever? 
Or am I just theorizing? Let me think. I we might have been told at some point what is in that fluid. If it were, if we did, it was at the end of season three, but I don't remember specifically if we're told at that point. But what what I'm wondering about though is it's human body fluid, but it vaporizes in the air. So it came from someone who's a titan, but it was extracted from them when they were a human. It like the human to. Titans have the same body fluids as humans? They have they have blood. They have spit. They have blood. Okay, so I guess it could. I don't know. I feel like that just strengthens my theory, though. I wrote oof here for some reason. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Aaron's line when the, like him, Mikasa, and Armin are talking on the steps, when he says, like, some things have changed forever, and we'll make them pay for that. <laughs> just, like, with the context of the fucking episodes, like, Assault and the Warhammer Titan from season four. That shit hurts to, because uh, like he he's kind of saying it in like this innocent way, you know, of like this idealistic like we're gonna go over, we're gonna destroy the people that like did us wrong, and it's gonna be mm-hmm. great. But we now know that Isayama flips that shit on its head and makes us like realize that the people over there are people too, and it's fucked up that Aaron is about to do everything he's gonna do. Like, yeah, good fucking uh like placing shit in there early. Like, really placing those themes in there early that are going to mess with us later in Season 4. That's all Just I Just one small little detail. When they're riding off to Shingon Shina, you can actually see people carrying, like, bundles of Thunder Spears. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't notice that. Shit. And then, um... Also, that flash forward is just wild as hell. Absolutely. The first time... So, I was through the battle of Shingon Shina, my, where I caught up with the manga was right during that battle at Fort Salta in season four. Um, and so like, I was mm-hmm. totally taken by surprise about that flash forward. And like, I see those three up on the roof and like knew immediately what the hell that was. And I'm like, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. We're really going to get that far. And like, what I can't believe is in there is that it like, it shows fucking Armin's dead body. <laughs> like, oh yeah. If you look building. closely, it's right there. That's wild. God. And like, I didn't know if I should like ask, brian about he that he wouldn't have seen that not at all no but like if he had i feel like it'd be fun to get his thoughts on who he thought was the charred fucking body on the roof <laughs> like i said i watched it the first time through having not seen that flash forward and i think it plays just as well without it but like with it like that sense of dread you get from it in this like otherwise heroic like kind of heading off into battle sort of thing yeah no it's, it's exactly cool. it's exactly what you said you know it, it, we feel justified in feeling hopeful this time and the show reminds us of what show we're actually watching <laughs> yeah all right bye thank you for listening to tea time with titans if you like this show please leave us a review on itunes let us know if we missed something you think we should have talked about because we probably did our social medias are at tea time with titans on instagram and at tea time titans on twitter thank you to chris Rowe for editing this podcast if you are currently watching season four don't forget to head over to tea time with titans extras to hear our coverage on all the latest episodes as they come out week by week and it is a fun stinking time we'll see you all next week when we finally enter season three part two